Oh, man, I am fired up today, Josh. I have been wanting a get-up, first-take, crossover special. Are you excited? This thing's got to be trending on Twitter, right? Because it's literally all the same people that are on every single show. Oh, crossover special. Let's go. Get-up, first-take, crossover? I don't even know what that's supposed to be. Huh. So we got to watch more of Mike Greenberg? Yeah, exactly. Oh, what what did we do to deserve this punishment? I've told you guys in life, I pray every Sunday, why every day, Lord, please find me somebody that thinks I'm as good as ESPN thinks Mike Greenberg is. Lord, please find me somebody that will put me in every single position to make all the money like ESPN does Mike Greenberg. Lord, Amen. please give me an employer that pays me ridiculous <laughs> sums of money like ESPN does Mike Greenberg. For literally, I mean, I don't even know. For no real reason. I don't know what's, like, I I also don't get Stephen A. Smith, but I kind of understand that, oh, yeah, people like to be mad at him. Yeah. Good to see the baseball season came to an end this uh, this weekend, too. I see. I don't have to care about that anymore. Pretty exciting. I'm sorry, man. Dude, what that? Other side story real quick before I get to true sooner and back to OU football. So in part of this, so part of this event that we had for my daughter's youth group on Saturday night that I tagged along was they went to a kind of a little cookout afterwards. And we went and Adam was there with me, went to buddy Don's house and we're all sitting outside and we're watching the Dodgers game watch the the Dodgers take on the Padres and like literally there are people coming to pick up their kids and this guy comes and sits and goes oh the Padres game he's like I used to live in San Diego man I loved rooting for the Padres I'm like great it's awesome it's like, yeah it's really fun what's what's the name of that is it is it is it pet <laughs> petco I'm like yeah, it's it's Petco Park. Oh man, yeah, I love that place. Love that place. What's uh like literally knew nothing about the team. Nothing. And it's just sitting there and I'm like, the whole time, I think I think Adam could kind of sense the anger rising. It's like, oh, this is great. They're gonna win the game. I'm like, yeah, it's great. It's, it's a congratulations. 198 wins and the Dodgers are gonna lose to the stupid Padres. Now yank that knife out of my back and stop nice. twisting it. Nice to meet you, sir. I shall see you again never. What's that pet place where they play the baseball? I think he even said it's Qualcomm. <laughs> but no, it was in all seriousness. It was – I don't know why – man, Aaron Boone looks terrible. My gosh, you see him? I don't know why, and this is the truth. An unnamed person, unless she wants to be identified, had said to me – when the Dodgers go to the World Series, you're going with us. And I was like, literally my whole body got weak because I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to handle going to Chavez Ravine. I might cry like a baby. But as soon as that was said, Josh, it was kind of accepted that they're not going to the <laughs> It's like, yeah. Ooh, the, the hex has been put on. Right. I, uh, I never get to do anything fun, Coach, so you might have just signed and sealed the Dodgers' fate. But, hey, Yankees-Guardians today, which should be a fun game five. The Astros away in the championship series. Padres-Phillies will be very juiced. Those are going to be two awesome atmospheres. Sucks for me, but, hey, there's always next year. 
Uh, Brent Venables after the game real quick before we get to the phones and back to the text messages. It's the Plank Show right here on The Ref. Brent Venables was asked, what was different? You know, kind of kind of looking back on what happened against Texas and the frustration. Now, he did answer <laughs> – I think it was who that asked the question. He, he did answer the, the first question with, well, I mean – Dylan didn't play against Texas, which I was like, that's fantastic. I mean, but, good. It, yeah. Good for him. It, yeah. it, it is that simple. But defensively, defensively, and here is the, here's the answer that he gave. This was really good, I thought, from uh, the post-game press conference to, with Brent Venables. Yeah, so, I mean, so go back to, to Texas, Dylan didn't play. Uh, I don't know if that's the, the difference, but it's it's probably not 49 nothing. Um, and – yeah, the week before he missed three quarters, you know, of that game. And, and again, we gave up uncontested touchdowns against TCU. The game got out of hand because of the way we played defensively, in my opinion. So that's why I was asking, what was different about I just, the I, defense? Yeah, um, just playing a little more disciplined, you know. You know, it doesn't take much to be on the wrong side. If we're not, again, it's three deep, as you guys have been covering and asking me questions. You know, it's three deep, and the corner's not in his third. You know, it's third and nine, and they throw a freaking go ball, and there's nobody in his third. It's going to be a touchdown. And we did that a handful of times at TCU that we didn't make people earn it. You know, it's hard to go down up and down the field having to execute, you know, 10, 12, 13 play drives, you know. And when you're, you know, just be sound in what you're doing, you know. Uh, it makes it a lot more difficult, you know, on an offense. So uh, we're a little better, you know, doing that today. And um, got a long ways to go, obviously. Um, but, you know, I think just being, you know, more efficient and more sound and better fundamentals and guys just doing their job and not trying to do too much, uh, you know, simple execution. Uh, you know, I'm, again, looking at there's one, two, three, four, five, Six, seven, you know, you know, six drives of, you know, four plays or less, you know, that we got off the field. So, I mean, that's that's better, you know, and I'll take any, you know, victory we can get right now. Lots of little victories and uh, really just happy for our guys that they can experience, you know, victory again. Because as I've said, you know, our work and our commitment has been there and uh, we got to get guys better you know we got to improve and we got to again put them in position to be successful I think that's important and learn the value of, of playing with discipline consistently and today was a little better that way yeah that's kind of again from that what I mentioned in the open they're just I said they're close I know that triggers everyone and I understand easy now yeah I'm watching my language it's like a four-letter word uh, Casey and, and the Brian man are calling me into the boss's office as soon as this show is over. But it's not as bad as giving up 41 to Kansas. You are what the scoreboard says. I get that. But again. Well, they, they did get some stops in that stretch where they, <laughs> what, strung four of them in a row together? Let's see here. Punt, punt, interception, punt. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that's – we haven't seen that. 405-329-9000. What is going on, True Sooner? How are you, man? Hey, hey, man. How's it ask you? It's, those uniforms, are they are they in replacement of the other ones? Are the other, are they, or is that just a one-off? Good question. I don't know that anybody knows. I, I, really? that, I don't 
think they're going to end up being a one-off, but I also don't think that they are replacing anything either. Okay. Does that make somebody sense? Said, so unfortunately, yeah, we're still still saddled with the Rough Riders, is what you're saying? I think so. Okay. Look at you, saddled yeah. Rough Riders. Well, uh, did you mean <laughs> to do that? Or it's well done. Yeah, totally yeah, unintentional. <laughs> You guys don't understand. You guys don't understand, but the uh, struggles that Caleb has been through in the last six months. I mean, he's had he's had to choose which NIL deal to go with, and that's for a young kid. I mean, you know, should I take the two million dollar deal or should I take the two point five million? I mean, that all that all weighs on you heavily. So it's hard, right? And then you've got to figure yeah. out where you're going to shop, right? You, right th- there's exactly, a, exactly shopping issues. Uh, there's nail polish concerns, you know. No, there's... Yeah, what colors to go with? Right, I mean, right. There's, you know, yeah. So, hey, Chris, I was going to tell you. I mean, I, I, okay, so I don't know if, and now you look a little awkward in that in that uh, score update that you have on the sideline. Right. It looks like you're just like kind of gritting your teeth a little bit. Fair enough. It kind of looks. It kind of looks like the time that I got stuck on the elevator with my ex-wife and her new husband. It kind of looks. Kind of looks like, yeah, it kind of looks like that. You but, know, I, I'll it, be but, honest with you. Saturday, I felt like they'd been going pretty well this season. There's, there's always a pretty rambunctious crew. They want to be a part of it, and that's all that matters, right? But right, right, on right. the first one Saturday, it was – I got squeezed, and – DJ Gasso and Coach Gasso, they always used to make fun of me. Jackie Livingston, they'd make fun of me because I'd always stand there and, like, my shoulders <laughs> are squeezed in. And right. I, you, I, you do look right scrunched in. I, I well. felt like this year it's kind of like I asserted myself. I get the elbows out. I'm like, this is my yeah, space. Push those yell leaders and cheerleaders out of the way. But well, Saturday, Saturday you, you got a little bit tight people. in the first one. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Drew. You, you could be squeezed by worse people. No, I'm not, not complaining worst. about it. I'm not going to lie. It's, yeah. it's really fun. Yeah. I, I, it's funny because, I, and we've joked about this before on the show, I get really nervous about it. but Because you're going to be in front of 85,000 people on camera? <laughs> Correct. And I try which, not to think about that. Which is funny because I'm sure when you do TV stuff, it doesn't bother you at all. Right. right. And, or when I do radio stuff, when there's probably infinitely more people listening than that when I then, flub something then, up, right? You know, emceeing an event, I'm sure it gives you similar oh, feelings. Uh, terrible. But it's kind of funny because the the cheerleaders and and the guys that are over there they always are blown away because they're like wow there's such a delay i'm like i don't hear it <laughs> i don't hear any of it i'm just praying the highlights start and if the highlights don't start we're going to be acting out a football play so you guys better be ready to go but no i hey, you, I, I like it i think it's fun you mentioned the 2 billion dollar of uh, upgrade earlier lead right. on what right so tell us, I just caught the tail end of that. I just got into the truck, and I haven't had a chance to look around the Internet. Now, what does that have to do with football? What what does that do with football? Well, to me, it's just, it, Josh, if I'm understanding correctly, it's just part of that overriding campaign that includes some of the new things they want to do with football, right? Press I think they're, Indeed. Right, the new press box, new seating, new suites, okay. a whole new facility. I mean, to, to me, and, and Chelsea, if you're listening, you can text me and correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, – I just feel like this is all-encompassing. You know, you look at everything okay. that they want to do, baseball, you know, and, and getting that facility upgraded right. for the SEC, the basketball things they want, everything they want to upgrade, this is part of it. And their goal is it's it's pretty – I mean, it's a pretty ambitious goal does to try it, to raise that amount that, of money. Does that include a new basketball arena? I don't think it includes a new arena. I don't think okay. – a couple people have texted about that. I think what it includes – 
is the upgrades that are going to be okay. made to the current Lloyd Noble Center. Gotcha. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it, man. See you, buddy. Hmm. There you go. All right. 10-15 on the Plank Show. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't been nosy enough about a basketball arena, but I, I do think that the plans that I saw for the future of the LNC are pretty, pretty exciting. Pretty exciting. All right. Um, let's get a break. we got more Brent Venables to get to. More from the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Mondays are usually committed to nonstop OU football talk. Uh, but, again, we do have a couple big stories from this weekend. Here's a question I, w- I want to ask as we go to the break. I want you to ponder it, and I'm curious to get everyone's response to it. I was a little bit surprised listening to Toby and TJ this morning. It got a little heated when they were talking about Josh Heupel. TJ, very anti-Heupel. I was kind of surprised by that. Really? Yeah. Yeah, like, noticeably. Like, did he steal his girlfriend or something angry? But are we universally as fired up for Josh in Tennessee as I am? I mean, I I think it's – I think this is a staff that really likes Josh, and I, I hope that there is a point where – he comes – well, Tennessee is going to play here at some point, right? And you would think he would still be the coach with the way things are going. But, you know, is there a point when they have these reunions where he's back and bygones or bygones? But are we universally celebrating this in Sooner Nation? I would say – I mean, maybe not universally, but okay. I think that generally speaking, Oklahoma fans, yes, are happy for Josh Heupel. We'll talk about it next right here on The Ref. Sorry, I was talking to Luann. Got carried away there. We were talking about vacation and road trips. How long was I gone? How long was I passed out? Was I passed out very long? You're good. You passed out a moment. I'll go back into the Plank Show right here on the ref. Uh, this is a home of Sooner fans. First Air Comfort Solutions text on the question I asked before the break. I'm happy for Hypel. He is doing very well for himself, and he is doing it the right way. That's a reflection of his time under Stoops. Late last night, I got a text message from one of my Alabama friends, Ryan Fowler, who's come on the show with us many times. And Ryan asked, random question, why is Josh Heupel at odds with Oklahoma? I talked to a guy last week and asked if it was if that was an option, and he said, no. <laughs> um, just thinking about the future, like, ah, would Josh Heupel ever be back at Oklahoma? I don't know. I think... I think Josh universally, Josh, is appreciated and hyped and fired, and people are fired up for his success. That's what I think. But I also know there's a faction that isn't, you know, that's kind of mad about the way things went and, what would it be, 13 and 14? But I don't know. I, I've kind of moved – I've kind of moved past that. I think everything kind of worked out for everyone and outside of the decision that Lincoln made to leave. But, I mean, could things have been different? You know, the whole, at least one of the wives' tales about that is that Heupel thought he had the dude for his offense in Baker Mayfield. 
and he never got to truly coach him, right? He was gone before Baker had any eligibility. But I just, I mean, I guess I don't understand some of the, outside of not rooting for an opponent, right, outside of not rooting for Tennessee, I guess I never really understood some of the negative stuff around Josh Heupel. Just never never really have. He was always, And again, I'm very, maybe pretty unique in this. All my experiences with, with Hype have been great. You know, he was, when I started in 2011, I want to say that, you know, he had pretty much just really started taking over as the offensive coordinator, right? Um, in fact, let me see. Let me just double check. Yeah, that was his first year as the offensive coordinator. He'd been the quarterback's coach starting in 2006. And 2011, my first year was his first year as the offensive coordinator. And he would do post-game with us. And he, I was very nervous in 11 and 12 because, you know, I knew and, you know, Toby, beloved dude down on the sidelines, so it's kind of hard to – you don't replace Toby Rowland on the sidelines. And it was – Hype was really good to me. He'd always give me – because I'd always reintroduce myself to him. He's like, listen, Chris, I know who you are. You can stop introducing yourself to me. It was just – and from that, we had a great relationship. His wife was great. His kids were great. I mean, it's just – he's a good dude. <laughs> and I guess I never – I hate that there is a rift there. You know, I I wonder if in time, you know, with, with Brent being here, it changes things. But I, I don't I don't know, Josh. I don't know if it ever does, but I find myself rooting for his success. I want to see Josh Heupel do well. Dude had to rebuild his coaching career and did it. Went to Utah. I think Matt Wells was with him at Utah State when he went there. Went to Missouri, and the next thing you know, he's a head coach. And I don't think he was the number one choice in either place when he got the head coach's job, right? Everyone at UCF at the time wanted Jeff Levy. And I think Jeff's going to be a great head coach, by the way. And when he was hired at Tennessee, nobody wanted him. Right? There's like, yeah, this Danny White guy is bringing in his own people. This isn't going to work. By God, they just beat Alabama for the first time in, what, 16 years. So, yeah, I'm not not anti that. I thought it's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. And did I just mention that? He beat Alabama. So, down goes Bama. They look like a legitimate factor in the SEC East and potentially to win a national championship. So, nah, it's – look, you, you – no reason, at least on the Oklahoma end, I don't think, to remain bitter toward Josh Eipel. The bottom line is this. We don't know the behind-closed-doors dealings, right, for mm-hmm. Josh Eipel and, and with Josh Eipel. So if there's still animosity there, which it appears that there is still animosity there for Josh Eipel, I don't know that to be true, but it just feels that way, it appears that way, then none of us know why, right. basically. And – I just I don't think it behooves Oklahoma fans to sit there and keep any animosity toward Josh Heupel. And I don't think the majority of Oklahoma fans feel that way. I think the majority of Oklahoma fans are happy to see Heupel uh, pick up that win over Alabama. So in the span of about four hours, oh, let me do my math a little bit better. In the span of about from 3 p.m. on until about 11 p.m. on Saturday night, a lot of things went the Sooners' way. First, there was Oklahoma State blowing a two-score lead and TCU coming back out of nowhere. This is what it sounded like with Brian Estridge 
on the game-winning call in overtime. One back behind Madison. Snap comes back, turn, hand it off. Kendry, touchdown, TCU wins! Hit the horn in Fort Worth! Frogs remain undefeated! Running it right at Mike Gundy and the Cowboys! Whoa! All right, Estridge. A little bit, a little bit of saucy. Well, saucy. So you had Oklahoma State get beat by TCU. Then, after trying to do everything to keep Alabama in the game, Tennessee came back and got it done. The kick on the way, and that kick is knuckling toward the upright, and it's good. Just gets over the upright. Chase McGrath wins the game for Tennessee. And here they come, everybody cheering in the celebration. The student section mobbing the field. They're mobbing Chase McGrath. Joy and jubilation as the Tennessee Volunteers have beaten the Alabama Crimson Tide. The final score from Neyland Stadium on a joyous night in Big Orange country. Tennessee 52, Alabama 49. And then late, late, late into the night, Utah got it done against USC. Rising under center, now in the shotgun. Moves a man inside, calls his own number, rising end zone, touchdown. It's almost as if USC let him score. That's a touchdown for Cam Rising. Now, by the way, there's a couple little staticky things in both of these calls. I don't I don't think they let him score because if they would have let him score, maybe Lincoln Riley would have used a few timeouts. But Utah decided, yeah, we're not we're not just here to tie this game. Going for two, down by one, snap rising, look, surveys. Cam scrambles. Cam to the end zone. He's in! He's in! The two-point conversion is good! And Utah leads it 43-42. Okay, one quick aside from that before we get to your uh, tweets and texts on on kind of hype. Did you – did it make sense to you? you, uh, First of all, were you watching late in the U.S.? Oh, yeah. Okay. On – on the clock, I have no no. It did not make sense. Okay, to where it was down to like, and they're like back to thirteen seconds. I mean, literally, that could have been all the difference in the game. I know it's just no. They they added time that should not have been added okay. to the clock. I thought so. I mean, Lincoln Riley was the, complaining about the refs after the game, but I'm like, bro, they tried to keep you in this. The I don't think there's anywhere in the rule book is there that says as soon as a foul is committed. The play stops there. Yeah. I mean, the time should have stayed off the clock. Someone had brought up how maybe uh, I, I guess there was an inadvertent kind of blowing the, the play dead, if you will. But but they counted the snap, did they not? They counted the snap. So no, I mean they they gave him six seconds back. And, and again, let me do a better job of explaining it. There was like sixteen seconds left in the game. There's a penalty. Williams throws it up for grab, and it's and it's picked by Utah. Penalties on Utah, but the dude's running the the interception back. And, and it was wasting valuable seconds exactly. off the clock. And it got down to, like, I want to say three seconds, maybe something ridiculous, or six I think, seconds. I think it was, like, seven Se- seconds. Six, okay. Which, right. in, in that moment, I mean, six seconds is obviously huge. And you're well in your own end, but yeah. And it didn't wind up mattering, but it could have. You know, the, for them to have given that time back was was just absurd. It was just terrible. Um, here's some of the Air Comfort Solutions text real quick on Josh Heupel. Clearwater Sooner writes, Josh is a Sooner. 
He's one of our own. He helped deliver a national championship. I will root for him every single game unless he's standing on the opposing sidelines. Here's the other side of it. Heupel acted like a little bee about the great Bob Stoops. He continues to act like it. And if you go against Bob, then you go against us all. Has he ever said anything specifically about Bob? Because if he has, I haven't seen it. I just feel like every single time that it's brought up, he's like, yeah, I'm not talking about that. Now, if you find me specific things, okay, then maybe we'll have a conversation. But, yeah, I don't I don't know. If you're just saying that he's supposed to be excited and happy about getting fired from his alma mater where he won a national championship, then I, I don't. I don't necessarily know if that's the tact any of us would have, right? Uh, from the 5-0, love Josh Heupel. Wish him success. But his play calling at OU his last season was atrocious. And he said the same excuses week after week as to why our offense sucked. He simply had to go. <laughs> I mean, it is we, – we've done this song and dance before. It is disappointing that the relationship has gotten to this point or has remained yeah, – yeah. At this point. And it makes, you know, Oklahoma fans, regardless of if hype was successful at UCF or at Tennessee, Oklahoma fans around here for a long time have been saying, you know, you you wish that it wasn't the way that it is. So it's not as though Oklahoma fans are suddenly trying to reclaim one of their own because he beat Alabama and he's having a bunch of success at Tennessee. I mean, Oklahoma fans have felt this way for a while and you know, really kind of feels like the ball is in Josh Heupel's court, so to speak, that if he wants to repair the relationship, the relationship will be repaired, and if he doesn't, then it won't. Plenty of time for that conversation in the offseason, but just something that's relevant, timely, that I – again, I, I saw a pretty universal support. I have a few stragglers out there, but I understand. Tennessee wins. Now, are they a legit title contender? That's for debates later this week. When we come back, let's hit some more – After week seven of Oklahoma Sooner football, we know this. Thoughts are top five things we learned this past weekend coming up, presented by Newcastle Casino. More of your reaction on a victory Monday, a working man Monday, right here on The Ref. Did you see the uh, Iowa State kick time is another 11 a.m. kick? Ah, yes. It's wild. I, uh. So that means by the time we get to Ames, the Sooners would have had 11 a.m. kicks in, what, Fort Worth, Dallas, here in Norman again for Saturday's game. That's Is that four straight? Four in a row. Four straight 11 a.m. kicks? Yep. Okay. Again, on the road, I guess nobody really complains, but it's just – Okay. I everyone will be happy because it's on the road. But it's still four straight eleven AM kicks. Home games at eleven AM does uh make folks a little little upset. It'll be on FS one. Um, this might have changed my plans on whether or not I want to drive or fly. <laughs> Two aims. Yeah. yeah, I mean what are we doing? I I, I Okay. All right, let's hit a couple of these Air Comfort Solutions texts. Kindle writes, shopping, uh, listening to the ref while shopping at the Nike Outlet Mall in Branson. Boomer. 
You know, we got a Nike. Out, go. We got a Nike outlet mall over here, just in Oklahoma City. It's not really a mall, but it's more of a. Store. It's actually the other direction from where you're pointing. Oh, is it over here? Yeah, yeah it's, it's that you know way. Me. But I'm directionally challenged. But yes, we do, and uh, it's nice. Um, but I didn't realize how split some of y'all were on Josh. We'll get to that coming. Not Josh Elmer, Josh Heupel. Well, they're split on me. I'm sure too. No, not all. Uh, from the four seven nine, I believe that's Wichita. Several potential blessings in disguise, guys, from the three horrible losses. And one of them is the good possibility of DG coming back next year to continue to help young guys grow. It should be a long time before OU is this bad at backup quarterback. I I would say this. I think unless he's planning on going somewhere else to play, I don't think Dylan Gabriel was a guy that was looking at this as a one-and-done situation and off to the NFL draft. I think Dylan Gabriel was, all right, let's let's finish my college career out and see what those opportunities look like going forward. I think he had planned on being here for two years. Um, how about this? Guys, I don't want to take away from the message or the win Saturday, but those uniforms were absolutely hideous. Writes the 405. Oh, man. I guess we can change our name to the Oklahoma Utes. Ouch. But they were better in person. I understand it. There is nothing more crisp and clean than the Oklahoma traditional unis. The road whites are as nice as any uniform on the planet. But I understand. I get it. There's going to be people that don't like the way that certain things look regardless. It's... You, there's no such thing as 100% customer satisfaction. Nope. Just doesn't exist. Nope. And I'm ready for storm stormtrooper Sooners for the road. Here we go. Giddy up. Can we get an all-white look? That's what I want. Let's go. A, can we get a white helmet in there, too? That's what, I'm, that's what I'm looking for. A little crimson on it. Brent from Jinx. Brent from Jinx rides. It felt so good to get a dub. OU winning, OSU losing, Alabama losing, and USC taking an L. Then hearing Muleshoe say they were close absolutely made my week. And wow, our offense looked incredible. I, I'm gonna. I'm sure Toby said it a lot. I, I know. I know Teddy will probably say it a lot. I'm sure Parker and Steelman will be all over. I'm sure Travis will say it. It's, it's just, it's just shocking that that was the same team. I mean, I'm just blown away, and I get it. Dylan Gabriel played makes all the difference in the world, but I'm just like, what, 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 what was that? <laughs> Where was even some of that? Just somebody that can throw the football the way that Gabriel does to execute things, get the skill guys involved. How can we block phone numbers on the text line? Because I think there's a way. Um, the 620 writes, I'm sorry, Plank, but we are headed to San Diego on Wednesday to see the Padres. Block that. Block that number. I don't want to hear any positivity at all what? from anything Padres related. Why am I being told the Wichita area code is 316? I don't know. I could be wrong, like I said. I, I know that. Oh, because I, I said four seven nine. I think that's Wichita. Oh no 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 no. Yeah, it's it's three one six. Okay, um, four seven nine. I think is uh, like an Arkansas area code. Maybe fair enough. Jim in Arlington writes funny, fa- how, funny how fans of other schools are mocking OU fans for beating Kansas. How quickly they forget KU was ranked and had College Game Day a week ago. Brent, 
Venables has beaten a ranked team, whereas Lincoln Riley still has yet to beat a ranked team. That's right. Take that. It's a good Kansas team. It is. It's an improved Kansas team. You know, it's funny. <laughs> a lot of things are funny to me this morning, but it's funny to me how you know Oklahoma is a nine-and-a-half point, ten-point favorite, and everybody spent all of last week talking about, and I was included in that, that doesn't make any sense. Well, I don't I don't get it. How can a team that you know has struggled the way that Oklahoma has? How can a team that hasn't played all that well like Oklahoma, how can they be that massive of a favorite or yeah, of a favorite against a team like Kansas who just lost its first game of the season? How is it possible? And then Oklahoma beats them. And then what is it to become, Josh? Well, I mean, it's Kansas. It's not like they're all that good. We're not going to get too carried away. It's still Kansas. It's, which one is it, yo? Which way are we going with this? Look, just beat anybody, right? It, it didn't matter. It didn't matter going into this last weekend. On Kansas, so they got Baylor coming up, then Oklahoma State at Tech, Texas, K-State. Is Kansas going to win another game? I think so. I mean, it might be this weekend at Baylor, but... I don't think Baylor's all that good. <laughs> I really don't. But I think they're get, I think they're going to be better over the final stretch of the season. I think they could beat Texas Tech. You know, I, even though it feels like Texas Tech has something figured out at their quarterback position. But they it's going to be a challenge. They get Oklahoma State at home. Texas and Oklahoma State both in Lawrence. It's just... That's, that's life, though, right? In that life... You end up in a situation where you couldn't – everyone wants to dog you, you're terrible, you're not any good. Then all of a sudden you win a game and it becomes that your your opponent wasn't all that good that you beat. That's – welcome to college football, right? Which in the – you know, ultimately there might be a little bit of truth to that. Time will tell. But the only way to erase that narrative, just go win at Iowa State and beyond. Beat some of these teams the rest of the way. John and uh, Joe in Tulsa. Joe in Tulsa. The team played great, very efficient on offense, and the defense wasn't out of alignment and solid. Key Lawrence played lights out. So the backers looked good and all deserved to start. But they were on the field every play with no rotation until the fourth quarter. Why aren't we rotating Canick and Harrington in there to stay fresh? I thought you guys didn't like rotating no. players to keep them fresh. I thought that was part of the problem of the previous regime. I thought you wanted your best players out there. No, we will. We want both, and we will complain about either. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I just. I put my faith that they're going to play the best players that help them win, and I think this boils down to people wanting to see. <laughs> people wanting to see the potential in Jaron Canick because when he's out there, it seems like he makes plays. And people understanding that there was a lot of preseason hype around Justin Harrington, and it doesn't seem, Josh, that the snaps match the buzz. Well, and yes, if you're saying just the production itself, sure. And, you know, the amount of snaps, period, might 
yeah, not that's match what I'm the saying. Buzz either. So, no, he uh, obviously has been a disappointment relative to what really we've heard at any time that Justin Harrington has been at Oklahoma. Throughout the spring, Harrington is the next great player at Oklahoma, and it just hasn't ever really materialized (laughs) like that. I'll tell you who has played well is C.J. Colden these past two weeks. Got to talk to him post-game on Saturday. Colden, by the way. Someone had tried to name him Coleman. Colden. Colden. C.J. Colden. And I I really enjoy talking to him. He He was a really sharp kid. Remember when he transferred here, we had our buddy from Wyoming come on and tell us about him. He just was heaping praise on him. And yeah. then you didn't hear anything from C.J. Colden, and you haven't. Now in back-to-back weeks, he's made interceptions. Looks like looks like he's a pretty, pretty solid kid, pretty solid dude. And listen, they feel good enough, Josh, about their cornerback rotation that they took a guy that at the very least was number two on the depth chart and moved him to wide receiver. And has played a lot of football at Oklahoma a and started lot of football. So I wouldn't get too I, – I, I wouldn't allow myself to get too down on the Harrington snaps or the Canick snaps. They're going to they're gonna play the guys that put them in the best position to win, and right now you're you're seeing that with the Canick – excuse me, Canick, listen to me. With the with Coldens and the Deshaun Whites of the world and the David Aguaybus, they're not tapping out on the season. But I, I will say Brent Venable said something. Gosh, I wish I could play it. Brent Venable said something in our post-game interview. It's available on the podcast right now. Where I think sometimes mistakenly we just assume that they're going to that Brent Venable saying, Hey, if, you know, I said it. If you don't want to be here, I'll help you get out of here. That it was my way or the highway, and we're not changing anything. But no, Coach Finnable said in our radio post-game interview, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting the same result. So they adjusted things, and you saw dudes get snaps that maybe more snaps than they typically had on Saturday. So it's not we're just doing this, and you guys better get on board. Certain core philosophies, yeah, absolutely that's going to be the case. But – Desperately needed a win. They got it. They did it with some adjustments. I think they're going to be better the rest of the year. 11 a.m. A week from Saturday against Iowa State. Kick time just announced. All right. Well, we're running late. Quick break. When we come back, more good stuff from the text line. But I did want to play a little bit more from Brent Venable's post game right here on the ref. Do you know what I uh, – real quick because we only got a couple of minutes here. Do you know what I did take away from yesterday's slate of action? Man, the Chiefs and the Bills are just so close to each other. They're so tight right now. That's well, going to be fun to watch. And both teams were missing some key pieces of personnel. So how would that influence a rematch? The thing, if it, like this win, probably indicates. And as Jim Nance and Tony Romo were discussing, I mean, obviously this gives the Bills the two-game leg up on Kansas City. There's a lot of football to be played. That doesn't guarantee that the AFC will run through Buffalo, though it feels like it means the AFC is going to run through Buffalo for the postseason. What does it mean when you know Micah Hyde is back for Buffalo? What about the defensive personnel that Kansas City was missing? I mean, what do those wrinkles mean for, obviously, a postseason rematch, if and when that comes around? thought you guys looked good, man. 
Both teams look really good. It's going to be fun. You know, we're talking to real quick at a sooner take-in before the top of the hour about seeing some of the younger guys get a few more snaps. Uh, this is a good catch from the 918. The freshman from B.A., number three, had a really good game on Saturday. Yeah, Robert Spears Jennings. I know he got he got tagged with a penalty. I don't remember if it was a, a, a P.I. or I can't remember if it was a holding. But I, I came away really, really impressed with him. I think he's got a chance to be to be pretty good for Oklahoma. And I think you're going to see him play a lot more. Gentry Williams, I think, is in that mix, too. One more quick one from the 469. I'm most grateful to see the overall improvement. Oh, 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 in English blank. Offense and defense. Means the team is still working hard and still bought in. Great to see Spears Jennings and the other young guys get in and shine. Here's the other thing I like about Robert Spears Jennings. He, like, looks the part, right? When you see him out there, you're like, that's a dude. And... I'm excited about what he can bring for the Sooners. All right, top five things we learned from Saturday, plus college football takes center stage. What a day. We'll recap it all next.